What's up, everybody? So this is the long-awaited Alex Hermosi from Gym Launch interview, right? I I announced a while back that I was going to be interviewing uh, Alex. Alex has been uh, a big topic of discussion in uh, the CrossFit affiliate world because of his company, Gym Launch. And, you know, these six-week challenges that I, I've talked about and made content on, and, you know, there are a bunch of you guys, you either fucking love this guy or you hate this guy. And, you know, I wanted to get him on because, A, he's a relevant topic or his company is a relevant topic right now for the micro gym industry, especially in the CrossFit affiliate world. And I think there's a lot of people that have questions and, you know, there's just, you know, you're just going off here, say what other gym owners are saying. So I thought, fuck it, I'm going to get this guy on. Now, I'm going to go ahead and, and preface this. When I announced I was having him on, my inbox blew up on Facebook and whatnot with people like, dude, get that douche on there and, you know, chew him out and tell him, you know, fuck these six week challenges. And then I had the exact opposite. I had people who were like, yeah, man, get Alex on, you know, tell him I sent you because they wanted their $2,000 fucking referral from gym launch. Uh, fuck all you guys, right? Like I'm not doing either of that. I literally, the only, the reason I'm having Alex on is because I think my audience, gym owners, can benefit from the information there, right? I am not, I'm not bringing anyone on. I'm a, you know, to be addicted to them. I'm a, I'm a fucking professional, right? I'm hosting a podcast. I'm not going to bring someone on and, and, you know, and, and slip them the hucklebuck and, you know, make the guy out to be an asshole. And here's my thing. And you'll, you'll hear this by the end of me and Alex, we have complete, we have different philosophies on a lot of stuff, right? Alex knows I like PT first. Alex is not a fan. He doesn't believe in the PT first, right? Like Alex's client acquisition model would never work for my business. Um, but I know gyms, I have clients who have used Alex's acquisition in the past. And, um, you know, just like anything I've got, you know, there's plenty of people that are having great rave reviews with it. And, you know, he has evangelist, which I think is what makes it so unique. But anyway, I don't want to talk much more. Um, so here's the podcast. Again, if you guys have questions, hopefully I address most of the stuff that it, some of you guys are interested in. Um, but yeah, whether you love or hate this guy, you think six-week challenges are great or not, here's an individual who's built a business by helping gym owners do client acquisition, whether you like it or not. And uh, yeah, I think what he's got to say is relevant. So anywho, here it is. Cool. Alrighty, guys. So this one, um, I originally fucked this podcast up. Alex and me had done this originally and... Uh, yeah, I dropped the ball on it and fuck the audio was corrupted or something. Anywho, so uh, round two, Alex made the time to come back on. Uh, Alex Ramosi, the owner of Gym Launch. I'm going to go infamous. ahead and, what was that? The infamous, infamous, the infamous owner of Gym Launch. I'm going to go ahead and give him uh, the floor here and go ahead and introduce himself. I know a lot of, a lot of my audience has heard of him, knows what he does, whether they love him or hate him. But uh, Alex, go ahead, dude, give me your... Uh, Give us your, your, your background, your story. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really honored to be on the call. I appreciate you, um, I guess, giving me the attention of your audience um, for the period of time that we have together. So it's not lost on me. So I appreciate that. And I think um, for those of you who get to interact with Stuart, uh, he's a, a smart dude. And he knows what he's talking about. Got just business fundamentals and really just doing the things that no one wants to do in order to get the success that no one has. So um, I want to thank you and commend you on your listening choice. <laughs> um, that being said, uh, my background, you know, it's, it's interesting because you said like some people, some people hate me, some people love me. I actually, I, I'm really, really isolated. Like the way that we've built everything, like I have no idea. Um, so I only hear from like a few people. They're like, yeah, there's these huge threads of people who like hate everything. About you. And I'm like, oh, oops, I hope not. <laughs> and so, um, Hopefully, because I think that if anyone were to hate, it's because they probably don't understand what it is that we do. Um, you know, just as much for someone who's like, well, I heard CrossFit's really dangerous. You know what I mean? And so I heard a guy broke his back during CrossFit. So that, I'm going to break my back. You know, unless you have like a, a more in-depth understanding of what, what and then why, um, you just be able to have more light. So anyways, um, my background is I was a gym owner. Um, I opened my first spot. 2013. Um, and so I, uh, I, I quit my job that I was a government contractor for um, a couple of years. I did space cyber and intelligence for the military. And then, um, yeah, now I've got like a stash of long hair. So it's, it's, it's different. Now. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, I, I was able to save up uh, a big enough nut to um, start my first facility <laughs> when I was 23 and um, started that in Huntington Beach, California. Um, we were able to get that to, uh, you know, full capacity, which for me at the time was about 275 members, um, within, 
I think it was um, had about nine months. And then so you went business gym owner kind of route, whereas I think a lot of people in the space you see them go almost client. Yep. Sometimes it's a business owner kind of scenario. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes yeah, it's, there's there's CrossFit's introduced some interesting stuff just into the world of fitness, which I I'm, I'm a huge. CrossFit's done so much good for the entire fitness industry, like women are lifting weights. Like I think all guys can say thank you to that for CrossFit. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think there's a couple different routes. I went I went straight into business ownership. Um, I think some people go the you know client certified and then uh, coach and then gym owner and then other people. I have a lot of people who went uh, PT. You know they were doing personal training at big corporate gyms because I don't like the CrossFit is probably twenty twenty five percent of our clientele. So, I mean, it's obviously CrossFit's huge, but just in terms of representation of like who we work with, about a quarter of the gyms that we work with are CrossFit. So, um, we have a big sample. We have a ton of kickboxing gyms. We've got a ton of, uh, tons of boot camps. Um, probably about 10, 15% are like semi private studios that only do small groups. So, there's a nice amalgam of different um, gyms that are kind of represented that use our systems in order to just acquire customers. So, anyway, back to the background. Um, I, I got that spot to uh, full capacity in nine months. Um, I slept on the floor for those first nine months as well. Um, didn't have enough money for both. <laughs> so I, uh, I slept there. But um, as the gym kept making more money, I um, at least people who work with me know I'm notoriously cheap. Um, and so I just stayed on the floor and just wanted to keep stacking cash, which is what I tell all my people to do. Anyways, uh, so after that, we were able to outsource it and get uh, open up location number two at month 15. And then every six months after that, open a new location. Um, until we had six and I sold those about a year ago. So, um, and that's when we started Jim Launch and Jim Launch was, um, and the, the cool, the claim to fame with those gyms is that I was able to open up all of them at full capacity on day one. That was kind of the cool thing. And so that's what Russell, you know, Brunson for any of those who, who know what ClickFunnels is and that whole world of internet marketing. He asked me to speak two years ago at their event to be like, how are you, how are you just like filling these places up, <laughs> um, in like 30 days? We ended up doing a funnel hacker episode for them. Um, I filled up one of his friends' gyms. We did 171 signups in 19 days um, on the spot. <laughs> and, so were you uh, utilizing ClickFunnels and with that whole concept of Russell's school of thought back when you opened up those first six? I didn't know that it was Russell's school of thought. I was like, here's this cool thing that I'm doing. Um, and I showed him. He's like, that's awesome. You need to talk about it at the event. Because he was at that time, he was trying to capture more uh, brick-and-mortar uh, businesses because that's what, like one of the niches or verticals they were trying to get into. And so he was like, you're a great representation. Can you talk about what you do? So we talked about what we did. And then, um, and obviously now, you know, fast forward two years, um, we started using that as a, as a business model. Um, the, I'm trying to make a, like a long, like a six years in, in six minutes. Um, but uh, my mom got super sick, which is actually why I ended up selling the gyms. Um, I was back home with her for like six months. And so um, I kind of had this, so I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I had already packaged a lot of the stuff in my gym model and with the intention of franchising. And um, just one thing led to another, and I ended up having to sell them. Um, but I had all the IP. And so I uh, was like, well, let's see if I can open up, you know, or fill other people's gyms. And it worked out because there was a friend of a friend who was like, he was a CrossFit owner. So the first gym we actually did was CrossFit, Josh Price in Baltimore. That's where I'm from. And uh, he had 70 clients on EFT, I think. And then in the first uh, seven days, I signed up 70 more. And so he was like, well, that was nifty. <laughs> and, um, and for me, I was doing it at $500 price tags, which was like five times his monthly cost. So um, he was like, you just made like five months worth of revenue for me in like a week. <laughs> and um, the deal was that I got to keep the front end cash and he got to keep the uh, customers. So it was a win-win there. And we did that. We scaled that model. So we had about eight guys going every month um, flying across the U.S. So that was like flights, hotels, rental cars, ad spend, plus their commissions, and then still making a profit. And so I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And so, so um, I don't think a lot of people realize that, that when you guys started this, you were literally taking human beings, putting them in other people's gyms, yep. having them do the sales, the calls, the, the CRM, all that stuff. Yep. And did you ever have any gym owners that were just like, that, you know, someone comes into their house, even though they hired you and paid you to do it and kind of get pissed off? Like, what the fuck? Like, it's well, a great question. So, um, one of the reasons that we actually switched the model that we have now is because we were making so much money out of other people's gyms that they would get upset. And so um, we, it, yeah, basically there was tons of revenue, tons of overhead though. Um, and it was really hard to scale the sales team. And the guys were out 21 days to 24 days per month. So away from home. So like I had guys who had, you know, wife and kids back home and like after. It's just a tough thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, they were all sold on in the beginning, but like month three, month four, it was like, dude, like, I don't know if my wife's going to like, you know, keep me with it. the deal was you would keep the front end cash and then they had to keep and retain the clients on the back end. Right. Okay. And so they actually paid me nothing besides like a deposit date for like the fact, like I need to have some skin in the game so they couldn't like, I couldn't spend all this money and block time and have this stuff and have someone say like, actually, no. So, you know, they put 500 or a grand down just to like reserve the date, but that was about it. And then, Do you have anybody um, that ever requests that today? Like, hey, Alex, I want, I'd rather spend more money and have your people just come here and do it for me. Do you have anybody request that still? We, we used to when it, when it, like, right as we were finishing, because that was the reputation. Like, that's what the, pe- the people who were coming in from referrals at that point, that's what their friend had done. And they're like, can I do that one? Because they're afraid to spend money and risk. But we're like, we don't do that anymore. You know, what we do is now we'll, so, we'll show you how we did it. Okay. And so um, from a background standpoint, so that everyone understands, like, um, you know, I, I did, I had done 70 like full on launches, like hundred plus sales, uh, before we even thought about packaging it and showing, selling it to other people. So a lot of times there are like, I just like, I don't like the, there's a lot of people who will claim that they've done things, but like we, like my wife and I went, we were in 30 cities in 18 months, um, flying. Cause I tried to go belly to belly with every single owner. So when we had like eight gyms, it was like every two days I was at a different gym just at least shaking hands, making sure that like everything was going okay. Just, you know, it's a good business. Um, and so like we, we've, we've, we've done this in a lot of different markets and now we have 700 gyms who've done it with us. So it's like, it works everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we can know now. Um, but yeah, we, uh, I was actually planning on getting out of the, the, the gym space um, briefly. Um, and it was actually in getting out of the gym space that we entered into the business that we're in now, which is kind of funny. Um, my wife and I were doing, uh, she was going to be the face and I was going to be the business side behind it rather than now I'm the face and she's running the operations. Um, she, uh, we were doing you know, like a thousand bucks a day selling online programs uh, over the phone. And so I was like, awesome. I got eight sales guys. We start doing eight grand a day. Boom. We'll switch the, we'll switch the model over. We're good. We'll just switch that way. That way we don't have to have any of the resentment, um, you know, from the gyms. Like it's just, it's hard for a guy who took home 20 K last year to see some guy from the internet come in and pull 50 K out of his gym in 20 days. It's just, I get it. It's, it's just, it's hard to see that happen. So <laughs> I said, you know what, let's just sell our secrets and kind of like liquidate our IP and then we'll switch over. And then uh, we had eight gyms that were lined up for the next month. And um, I called them up and was like, hey, you know, we're not going to do it for you. And they're like, hey, we really need this. And I was like, ah, I'll show you how to do it, but I'm not going to do it. And um, that was when we basically sold the first gym launch as it currently is, which is a done with you model rather than done for you. And, um, and then when I realized, I was like, huh, I, I mean, so like, I don't want to seem like some master master planner here. Like we fell into this um, and uh, you know, they all made a ton of cash <laughs> because they got to have all the revenue that I was having before, but didn't have to pay for the flights, the rental cars, the hotel and all of the other stuff. They just got to keep all the cash for themselves. And so they were like, holy crap, I made more in this month than I did in the last year. And I was like, yeah, it's awesome. Right. <laughs> and, and then Jim Lawson was born. Okay. Reborn. So now that, so everyone's got to get an idea now, if you, you didn't have a background, or at least any context to what Alice does in the background. So now on, on this end, now what Jim Launch does is you guys specialize in, and the product is, it's, it's more education than it is a product. You're not selling an ads. What, if you were to summarize elevator pitch, it's what it is you're selling to gym owners now, what is that? It's a great question. Uh, it's an acquisition system. So it's a client acquisition system that's profitable on the front end. And um, if you, if you like, I've actually run the exact same business model for six years, including my gyms. So what I ran at the gyms was I would run challenges on the front end. We ran six weeks, 12 weeks, 28 days, different offers that we'd run on the front end that were um, profitable in the acquisition. What I mean by that is that people would spend more money for the offer on the front end than we were spending in ad spend. And so we were making money as we got new people in the door to then turn into customers long-term. Yeah. Your clients and, are financing your ad spend. 100%. And, so, and, and usually a lot more than that. You know what I mean? So I was making like good money on the front end, which means is like, that's why we were always full is that why wouldn't we be full? Like we were making money, getting customers in the door. Usually you lose money, then you recover it, which means cash flow is the issue. But if you're not cash flow constrained because you don't have to pay money to acquire customers, you're making money in the acquisition, then that's why we have the crazy numbers that we do now. And then we've done the exact same model from how I ran the gyms to how I run this business because gym launch is my six-week challenge for gyms, right? It's the, let me show you that we're really good at what we do um, and give you an idea, like give you a taste of like how, like how we do business, um, our level of service, like, like how in-depth the trainings that we have are so that you can like replicate this over and over again. 
Um, and then we say, but like gym legacy and becoming a gym lord, which is like ultimately what more than half the, the, the gyms that sign on with this do, um, they end up staying as gym lords. And uh, basically, I show you all the rest of the business model. So like the six week challenge is one play. You know what I mean? It's the the like, six week challenge for you guys play. is client acquisition, <laughs> teaching client acquisition. And then once someone comes into your system and they've done a six week challenge, then they have the option to go ahead and go into your, you know, your ascension, your value ascension. It's, kind of it's really just fundamentals. You know what I mean? Like Jim Launch is teaching fundamentals. Like most people have never had sales training, right? We have amazing sales training. Why? Because I had to train a freaking sales team. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like some of the stats that like Russell likes, like I did 4,000 one-on-one sales closes. Like I had the closed under my mom body account, but like they're tracking me um, over the time that I had my gyms. So like, I know how this conversation goes, you know what I mean? And we got really, really good at it. And I got really good at teaching other people to do it. And so um, the sales training is just effective. Like it's not necessarily even long. Like my entire sales training is 45 minutes, but usually I put someone through that two times, I can double to triple their close rate. Most guys that walk into our program close 30% um, of people who walk in the door. And then after going through our stuff, they push like just once, they usually push over 50. And then they, and I say, hey, I want you to watch it every day for the next 14 days. And then they push in 70% closes. Yeah. And I see the same thing because the, the average person, the gym owner, you probably get the same thing that I work with. They've been selling a, let's call it a 120 to $150 a month membership. And then mm-hmm. let's say I'm getting them to try to sell PT first. For now they're selling $700 of PT on the front end. There's of course yeah. to be a fucking learner's curve to that. Right. And then so let me ask you this on your guys. Do you find the gym owners and trainers who typically would label themselves as I don't want to sell. I want to coach and train. Do you find that they're secretly better at what they do than maybe they give themselves credit for? Or do you find that there are some people like, listen, I'm not going to lie, you suck at this. Who's the next best person in your group that people just love is infectious, has a good personality, can talk? Super rare. Um, I would say 98% of the time, um, we get the gym owner stuff. Yeah. That's because I believe in that. Because they're actually a good salesman. They they haven't thought of in a different scenario. Right. And it's so funny because like, Right now, we just got um, Russell just hired me to be his high ticket. High ticket secrets is the new thing that he's going to be one of the courses that he's going to be offering, and I'm going to be the person who does like Jim Edwards does all the copy stuff. I'm going to be his high ticket sales guy, um, which is funny because literally six years ago, um, a friend of my dad's uh, ran a hedge fund, and he was like, "I want you to do sales for me," and I was like, "Whoa, I don't sell. I'm not a salesman, right?" Because I didn't understand what it meant, and I thought it was like this greasy word, and a lot of us in fitness feel that way too. But like ultimately, if you just see it as helping people make decisions to help themselves, then I think if you just reframe that, most people have become okay with it pretty fast. Yeah. So cool. So that, I think people might have a good idea what it is. And then I want to talk about this internal, this internal and the world across the conversation we brought about, I said, you know, I opened this up with people that love you or they hate you. When I say love you, I mean, you've got people out there, you get evangelists, people that go into like the CrossFit gym owners forums and, you know, someone will put up, does anyone know where or how I can get some leads? And I instantly know gym launch is going to be the topic. And if you got nothing better to do in the day, sit back and watch, you know, everyone just dick kick each other in the comments over this entire thing. So I sit back and I watch that. And the biggest misconceptions that I think are misconceptions and questions I think that are for, you know, potential customers of yours and, you know, audience of mine and things like that are, hey, man, I'm seeing the same landing, this landing page. And again, you probably, there's plenty of people that are ripping off the same landing page that you have, right? I mean, there's guys in this CrossFit space of mentorship same fucking one, those same two red arrows that go down, the same exact testimonial and, you know, that kind of scenario. No one ever, you know, no, I never, uh, what was it, said no one ever, I regret doing that workout, said no one, whatever that whole thing is. Thank Let you. me ask, yeah, exactly. So like yeah. the ad copy, right? So again, people hear copywriting and they think that's not what people in marketing think copywriting is. All of that, right, and everything that what you what you're doing there, Everyone sees that and they see the same damn thing going out all over the place. Where, and when you're talking to someone and maybe when you're in the process of telling them, how do you explain to them, but it works or this is why that doesn't matter? Well, it doesn't matter because no one knows that you exist. So I've had people who, um, you know, they're like, hey, listen, you know, we're really, you know, we're really involved in our community. Like everyone knows who we are. It's just not true. Like, I mean, like and, and the, the story that I tell to illustrate the point is um, a friend of mine used to launch Orange Theories. So that's what he did. So he, he would come in as corporate. He would have to train the guys who were opening and all that kind of stuff. And um, I don't know if you know how much, like, Orange Theory usually opens each location with about 400 to 500 EFTs before they open the door. So for any yeah, of you guys. One down here did 325 before they opened. Yeah. 
They're pre- so, they pre-sell like a legit corporate Globo, like because they're all VC backed, you know. Oh, they're I mean they're badass. I mean like they like there's only one there's only one fitness business that I I would say that I have like utmost. Well, besides besides the big guys like LA Fitness and Twenty Four, like those guys do it right from business side, not from like what they're doing on the side, but like yeah. from from like in terms of how they run the business, like they're on point. But um, my to to make sure that I don't go down a rabbit hole, um, the I asked him, I was like, dude, it must be so easy for you. I was like, you, they just run ads for a two-week free trial, and that's what they, they run for three months. That's how they, they open their gyms. And I was like, so you just get on the phone and say, hey, give me a credit card, two-week free trial, you'll start in you know two months. And I was like, well, everyone already knows who our theory is. And he was like, no. And I was like, I like leaned down. I was like, what do you, what? <laughs> He's like, no. I was like, well, what percentage of people would you say like know what Orange Theory is when you get on the phone with them? Is it one out of ten? I would ag- I would agree with. See, that blows me away. I think that's one of the biggest issues for Orange Theory. If you even say the word CrossFit, even if you've never heard it, well, it's got to be something fitness related. You say Orange Theory, and it sounds like something I studied in in chem or bio or something like that, right? Um, Which is actually they they started pushing because. I'm a big proponent of having fitness in your name always. That's because people should know what you do, right? Um, and so they, they've actually, been, if you've noticed that, it's like OTF is like, you know, RC Fitness is there. Like they've kind of put that in after the fact. Um, that's been the last like two years they've been doing that. But um, but yeah, so so for, to, to circle back to that gym owner, is like everyone knows who we are. I'm like, no, they don't. <laughs> like we have different versions of the copy. Like we have a grand opening ad copy. I used to run a grand opening ad copy on my, on my own facilities every, every like six months. You know what I mean? And my clients would be like, great opening. So I'd be like, yeah, we uh, painted the bathroom. No opening. Or, you know, like, it does, cause it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And, and the reality is that most people are on the toilet and for that split second, it caught their attention. And they decided on a whim because they wanted to feel good about themselves for that moment that they're going to get skinny again and never expected anyone to even reach out to them, um, put their name, phone number, and email in. Right. And so at the end of the day, it's like, does it work? Right. Would and you obviously- agree that good ad copy plays more to emotion than rational? Right. Fitness people making fitness and buying decisions are not doing it rationally. Like if I move to your town or you move to mine for one of the first things, where am I going to live? Where's the gym going to be? Because you're a you're a fitness, right. rational minded individual. Would you mm-hmm. the majority of people signing up for a six week challenge, a duration based promotion are doing it on emotion because the previous thumb scroll showed their ex-boyfriend who's now dating some dime piece and they got that fucking freak out. And the next thing they see is a six week challenge and it's fuck that revenge body time kind of scenario. So would you say when you talk about your ad copy and things like that, you're playing more on an emotional side, obviously, than a rational throw my branding out there in a clean, crisp way scenario? Right. Well, branding doesn't even like, like I can go down a whole rabbit hole on branding, but like, um, yes, I mean, all ad copy and sales, decision making is emotional. People make emotional decisions and they rationalize after the fact. And so it's the same thing. And what we're doing is we're trying to drive enough emotion that in that five seconds or 10 seconds that they're scrolling and reading, they say, I'm going to I'm going to tap my thumb. So we're trying to do, right? And so, um, you know, I mean, what's the thing is, is like when people try to copy the page, like it's it's at the point now where like it's the back end systems. It's not just the ads on the landing page. You know what I mean? Like, sure, that's important. I spent a million dollars testing that page. Like, it works. <laughs> like, why why do we have the testimonials there? Because I tested twenty other ones in each one of those spots, and like that's the one that works. Why is the button that color? Because I tested it. Why does it say register now for free instead of click here to save your spot? Because I tested it. Why does it say like are you next? Because I tested it, got a four percent bump. That's why. Right. And so when people line up and then they start with gym launch and then all of a sudden they like print money overnight, it's because we spent six years building it. Right. But in terms of branding, like there is no branding for small businesses. Like if you look at any Dan Kennedy stuff and if you don't know who Dan Kennedy is, you should um, look him up. He's like the godfather of uh, direct response marketing. When anyone that listening, like Dan Kennedy, Dan Kennedy, if you, li- if you like my stuff, Dan Kennedy is very quick to tell you to go fuck yourself if you don't like what he's saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is one of the reasons that it, his stuff has always kind of resonated with me. Like Speak to Sell was a great book. Like he's got some really good stuff out there if you haven't read it. Um, but he's very much a hey, this is how it is. If you don't like it, go fist yourself, and that's that's how this is. Um, he's like make money. He's like that's fine. Not he's like making money isn't for everyone. So go keep doing what you're doing if you don't want to listen. But he's like if you do, then I can make you really rich. And so you know it's just kind of accepting the realities of the marketplace. Like we kind of like, uh, I think there's a lot of people who, and myself included. So I'm not trying to like exclude people. Like when I started, I was like, this is the, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're absolute fitness purists here, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like everyone gets macros and, and it's going to be uh, on a periodized lifting plan when they walk into my gym. And then I realized that like most people like were struggling to just show up, yeah. you know, like, 
you're messing up my program and we have four days a week. You missed your back day three days in a, like three weeks in a row. Like we're going to get totally unbalanced. They're like, Alex, like I, I just, I just, I just want to not be fat. <laughs> you know, and like it took a lot of learning for me, you know, from that perspective. Um, but yeah, from a branding perspective, like from, from to, to, to put the nail in the, the branding coffin, like anytime you spend money on marketing, you should be able to see how much money you made back. And with branding, you can't really do that. And since no, no one or most people who are listening to this probably don't have unlimited budgets, then you need to be, you need to have, you have to track your ROI on your stuff. And that's why having profitable acquisition is so important, which is how we're able to take so many gyms from in the hole or barely, you know, barely breaking even or they're in the red and they're about to close down and they give us their last thousand bucks as a down payment to start our program. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, within three weeks, they made 40 grand. Um, and it's because they put, you know, they paid us a thousand bucks and then they pay Mark Zuckerberg two grand and then they make 30. And then they're like, holy cow. Like then, then there's this huge shift in belief. Like I can actually make this work. Right. And what it does is it buy like cash flow buys them the time to fix all the holes that were in their business to begin with that they didn't want to wear up. Um, because like the only way to really succeed if you don't have excellent marketing is this unbelievable fulfillment. And most people don't because it's their first business. So let me ask you this. And, no, no, and on that is, you know, for the person listening to this is like, okay, but I saw the guy down my street is doing a gym launch ad. Another guy down the street is probably not doing gym launch, but his landing page looks like a gym launch copy. It's all literally running the same thing. At what point, if you believe the statement that at some point all marketers ruin good marketing, at what point does a duration-based challenge lose its umph? And especially in the line of like the new Facebook algo. Like what is Jim, like, again, how does it, does, have you, does that play in or is that just something that is non-news for you guys? The new, the Facebook, Facebook, algorithm, sorry. The new Facebook algorithm that's not going to give as much attention and push to businesses, running ads, things like that. I think that's more speaking from an organic standpoint because they're always going to have, um, I mean, paid is how they make their money. Yeah. Um, but they're talking about, they don't want people to have like, I've got a friend of mine who has 10 pages that all have like three, four million followers. And so he runs all organic and then he pushes people to click from the organic and then he basically resells the clicks to affiliates or to whoever wants the clicks for his walking dead page and his, you know, ACDC lovers page or whatever. Cause then they, they just push to a t-shirt that's 20 bucks and then they get, you know, so you can play, yeah. Paying the play will stay. Pay to play will stay. Right. From, an, so from that standpoint, that's organic, not really right. paste that. Um, from a, di- so, from a, differentiate, a differentiator die, if I'm in a market and now everyone in fitness plan in my mm-hmm. market is picking up on duration-based challenge, 21, 6, 10, whatever, whatever. At what point there, if I'm the consumer, have mm-hmm. I just kind of seen that, hit that enough, and then I'm the numb to it? When does that happen? Um, so I think what it comes to, so like LA Fitness has been running a free month for 40 years, right? And so it's really just, the platforms change, the offers don't change very much. Um, and so right now it's just that like, given the way that we monetize the eyeballs, um, it's just, there's a, there's a discrepancy in how much money we can make versus how much we're being charged. And so, um, I can tell you that having run it in my market for six years, like we made money the whole time, (laughs) you know what I mean? And, um, there's so many more eyeballs than people feel like there are, because then the next question is cool. If you don't want to do that, what's your alternative? I mean, you're, you you have, like you have to market. Right? You're, I mean, you're going to you're going to try and bring people in the door. Yeah. So what you do have you have to tell a story, right? So what are you going to run, right? What's what's your so I know that challenges are more appealing than trials. Then a membership because so, it's open ended versus being in a box. Lose twenty pounds in six weeks, six hundred dollars versus get a membership running forever and I got nothing to give you at the end of it. Right. Totally. You guys sell a result with the membership for a six week challenge. I'm going to, it's going to be 20 pounds and that's how you get it for free. And that whole, you know, again, put them in a box of, okay, well, I understand I'm in a box. I know where the walls are versus a membership. There are no walls. I can't, I can just keep looking down the hallway forever. Like <laughs> yes. That type I, mean, of I have to spend this until I die and I don't, it freaks me out. And so cancel me, even though I didn't come the last two months, you can give me a refund. Um. <laughs> What, um, what do you guys see in right now for your numbers and what you guys are running? What is the conversion rate from challenge to membership? Depends. Um, like my, like the best guys who are in legacy close 90% of people into memberships. Um, I would say if you're looking at an aggregate, aggregate of people who are not in legacy, cause we give even more stuff and our, you know, hiring guys, um, aggregate's about between 50 and 65. I'd say like average, um, the better guys close 70, like the absolute killers close 85% plus. And is the and let me ask you, this is the other the biggest thing you hear everyone to get on with this, the free play, or obviously like bait and switch, right? Yeah. 
So growing up in Globo Gym Sales, bait and switch was something that you just learn on day one. Like you just get fucking comfortable with it. And you're pretty much, even though you hate, maybe hate in the beginning, you're over it and understand the end result of it towards, you know, towards your time. Uh, and again, really thankful to my, my urban active goals, gym days for learning all that shit. But for the gym owner who hears bait and switch and is like, okay, I did bait, you know, I do bait and switch and then I've got 15 bad reviews and then all my other gym launch buddies have to go and pump up my reviews on my page because I've got 17 bad ones. Where, how do you explain the bait and switch to a gym owner who is ethically not there? Cool. Um, well, there's a couple things. One is you're never going to get 17 bad reviews. Um, it's like, I would say with somebody who's like first doing it in the market, they might get one or two. Um, and then that gets offset, not necessarily, not by gym owners, but by the fact that you have, if you have two bad reviews, it means that you're about to get 40 good reviews at the end of your six week program, because we have a whole process of how we capture those reviews so we can offset everything. Um, I remember that like my La Havre location was my second spot that I opened. Um, at like, by the end of week six, we had 138 five-star like Yelp reviews. And we had like, 10 or something like actually less whatever whatever it was it was a, 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 a minuscule you can amount even of- argue that looks a little more realistic honestly yeah. if you look at a business that has about 300 good five-star reviews you're like it's just like those chicks on instagram you're like that bitch paid for all her followers she definitely yeah. you know that kind of thing you just know when it's fake yeah and so if someone if someone if i see a crossfit which is 95 percent um uh, and not just crossfit just like micro gyms who have 28 five-star reviews and that's all they have on their page. And I'm like, all right, so this guy just had his first 30 customers, leave him a five-star review, give him a t-shirt, and that was that. You know what I mean? Like, he's not really a business. He's just a guy who's got a rush. But, like, if I see a business that's got 145 stars and, you know, 24 stars and then, you know, five one-stars or something like that, I'm like, okay. It's, it's like, if you didn't have one-stars, I'd be worried. You know, <laughs> like, because there are that many crazy people. Like, and so that's the other option. The, the other part of this is that, like, if you have never paid, have done paid acquisition of customers, it means you've never had anyone who walked in the street who didn't already know who you were, right? If you only deal with referrals and they're like, oh, I'm an amazing salesperson. I close 100% of people walk in the door. It's like, well, have you ever sold to somebody who didn't know someone who's already at your gym? They're like, oh, no. I'm like, oh, so you've never actually sold before that. They don't know that, right? They, because that's, that's where they're at. Um, but uh, shoot, totally lost my train of thought on this one. It's but <laughs> but we were talking about, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, where, where I was trying to take it from there is, okay, now... So somebody goes ahead and they get comfortable with the bit. We're talking about the bait and switch mentality, right? Someone okay. absolutely getting cool with it. Um, and again, you could just, re- again, for bait and switch, for anyone who has an issue with it, if that is a sales tactic you're going to utilize, the, it's kind of the, the A-bomb scenario. The means outweighs the outcome, right? Or the, the ends justify the means. I think that's how uh, that was put. We're dropping the A-bomb. Probably a long shot. You know what I mean? Because the other side of it is that, like, the people who actually do the program, like, it's the most effective program for actually changing people's lives that I've ever run. Period. Because what do we know about people? They follow their money. And if we give them an opportunity to win it back, like if you, I, I wish the people who who are, you know, who don't like it or whatever, saw the amount of people who like lose tons of weight. Like I can guarantee you that if you sign up 20 people on a trial at CrossFit versus having 20 people put $500 down for a challenge, the mean amount of weight loss um, or even total amount of weight loss will be staggeringly different. Like yeah. night and day crazy dramatic difference and then the dramatic difference in your bank account is also staggering i would so it's like, yeah well. i would say that too i mean i i push my guys i like i, I run with a i like a pt first model i from a from an economic standpoint coming in and having participants spend 700 dollars up front when they first start for one-on-one relationship compensation coach professionals and blah 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 for all that yeah. but you will say one of the other things when i'm trying to convince a gym owner to go with a pt first model is I promise to show you the difference in retention of someone who spends $700 within their first month with us versus someone who came in and bought an EFP of $150 to $200. The, okay. the retention alone is, is there or in the incentive to, to get the results because the money applied to it. People, um, you know, what is that? Um, put their money where their mouth is kind of scenario. Like where your money's at, you're going you're gonna to go. Yeah. Um, and just because I'm going to do a shameless plug here, like Jim Legacy, which is really what I want everyone to do, like Jim, Jim Launch is just like, it's just me proving that we're good at what we do. But like in Jim Legacy, all the gyms that we work with start selling $2,500 front-end offers. The highest guys I have sell $4,500 front-end offers. Like my most successful dude did 170 grand in a week, right? Selling 45K offers, so 62, right? Um, like, you know, what do you, like, <laughs> what do you hear? And so I just yeah. look at something like yours where people don't like, I think, again, a lot of people that are not a fan I think barrier to, the barrier to entry is another issue, right? Just like a lot of people hate on a CrossFit gym because it's a $200 membership. Your barrier to entry is 16K. People can do it for 1K a month. 
what is the barrier to entry to your high end, your legacy program? What does that cost somebody to become a part of? It's cheaper. So okay. uh, what is it? Uh, gym launch is a thousand a week. Legacy is five ninety nine a week. Yeah. So I mean, for me to make you an extra one sale a week is just is 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 laughably easy for us because you know I spend probably about thirty thousand a month just just testing ads, and so I, I give all the gym launch people the same stuff um, because it still works and it's fine. But if you want to like even be more differentiated, like I have pages and pages and pages of different copy and a million different versions that we already have tested and have worked in different markets. I just give those to my legacy guys. What do you see changing? You guys, are you guys going to start fucking with bots, uh, things like that? Where do you, again, if you're going to always kind of play chess as a business owner and how marketing <laughs> in the digital world plays, what are the other things you're messing with right now? Oh, we've already released YouTube. Ads. YouTube is now your, is the big play. It's, it's, it's just another play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, like we're so profitable in the acquisition on virtually every platform that we use. It doesn't, like, it's just, if you want more, here's more, you know? And I, and we released that at our event and I said, and I was like, 95% of you guys just need to run your Facebook ads. <laughs> like you don't need this. Um, because you, you're like, you already have, there's so much more to be had already, but a few guys, a handful of guys have been running them for a super long time, super experienced guys. And they have, you know, and they want more, you know what I mean? In that case, it's like, cool. Then have another, another stick or another pull in the water. How many um, challenges? Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's circle back to one of the things that you said earlier. Because yeah, yeah. you said, how long is it, are these duration-based plays, six-week challenge, blah, 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 going to be around? And so here's, here's like my theory. Um, take it or leave. But what happened when internet marketing like basically started, what it allowed us to do is test things on such a faster scale, right? Test, 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 test. Before, like you split test, you'd have six months and you'd make one split test. Now we can split test things in, in days and run 20 split tests before we even launch a campaign and already know it's a winner, right? Before with direct mail or like radio, like you drop five, 10, 20 grand on a campaign and then hope. And if you were really savvy, you'd do two and see for next time, right? But most times you just give it your best shot. So what's happened is that the free month was an option that worked before, right? I'm not saying it doesn't work now, but we know that challenges work better than trials now. Now that's just because we have more data. So I don't think that challenges are really going anywhere. I think what happened is that we learned a better offer, right? And maybe there'll be an offer that happens besides that. But like, no matter what it is, the, the prerequisite for the offer being good is the acquisition system behind it that can liquidate the acquisition. So whatever the selling process that is paying for the media is going to be the thing that matters, right? I've got a good friend of mine who has, um, she, she, she owns Denique, which is a, they had 220 franchise locations. Uh, it was a weight loss, uh, clinical weight loss. And, um, for them, their lowest ticket on the front is, is 600 bucks, and then they finance people up to six grand for weight loss packages, right? And so, like, did her offers need to be amazing? Sort of. But if someone walked in the door, she was making tons of cash, right? Now, she obviously had MDs and stuff like that, which I try and leverage whatever kind of, you know, social proof and things like that that we can for third-party um, edification so we can increase the, the ticket prices. But that's the thing that ended up paying for it. So how long will these last? As long as people have an acquisition process that's profitable, they will continue to go. And so right now, if our guys are running 10 to 1, 20 to 1 return on ROI, it's just going to continue to go until the best players are still getting 2, 3, 4 to 1 back. And the guys who aren't as efficient, don't call their leads, don't know how to sell that well, they get priced out of the marketplace because their cost of acquisition is different. So do you mind if I give like one quick numbers example? Go for it. Okay. So let's say you have $10 leads, right? And you got one guy who, you know, doesn't, doesn't reach out to his leads, just wants people to walk in the door automatically off of the scheduler, right? And he's going to get whatever, 20% of those people to even walk in the door without really reaching out to them. And then of those 20, he closes one in four because he's not a good salesman, right? And so now he's got 5% conversion on leads, which means it cost him 20 times what his lead cost is for a sale. So he's spending 10 bucks a lead. He's closing one out of 20. It costs $200 to make a $500 sale. So he's getting two and a half to one, right? Now we've got like, you know, Jim Lord's Jim Legacy superstar, you know, Ryan Karras over here closing 30% of his leads, right? That guy cost him three. So it cost him 30 bucks with the same marketing campaign. So some guy might be like, this thing doesn't work. The other guy's like, this thing's the best thing since sliced bread. And the only thing that changed was the effort that was put behind the campaign. The execution. Yeah. Right. So this guy can continue to spend, like Ryan can keep spending at a 30% acquisition, right? And he sells it at 600, right? So he can literally keep going until it's $200 a lead. And so like, how far away do I think we are on Facebook from that? A while. 
So and let me ask you, go ahead. Never that expensive. I was thinking weight loss leads are never that expensive because there's so many people who need to lose weight. Yes, one in three, or if, yeah, one, one, 33% of the country is, and it's, I think it's over that now, is clinically obese. There's yeah. never a shortage of fat people, right? There's never a shortage of a captive market. The demand will always outweigh the supply type scenario. Let me ask you this. How many challenges is an average gym running within a year of joining gym launch? Six. Six. So we're going even, we're going uh, heavy on the front end, heavy on the back end. Is it cyclical? If you're looking at quarters, we're looking at four quarters in a year. If they're just doing, yeah. So usually the instructions that I'll give any guys who work with us is I'll like run this until you're full, right? Which usually doesn't take that long. And then at that point, then we run all the other back end systems to maximize profit, decrease the amount of time they're in the gym, increase their, their average ticket value, and then start the second level of service so they can start having five, six, $700 a month EFTs. And then that's when we can really start driving serious revenue. I'm uh, sorry, not revenue, um, net income. Okay. So I generally give a metric for someone at the gym. I'm like, I want to see you under 10% churn, right? That's yeah. like, a, that's where I want to see you under 10% churn. If I get a gym, if you get a gym full, and then we're looking at even an average and say they're doing good under 10% churn, mm-hmm. six in a year still seems like a lot. Where are the pitfalls that you're seeing that's still requiring someone to go six challenges in a year if we're filling up and one to two challenges? Two things. Um, one is not all of the people who, so like when I do, like Alex does a launch, I'm going to fill the gym up on the first go. You know what I mean? I'm going to sell 170 people, 200 people, and like we're done. If someone who's new doesn't spend a lot of money on Facebook, you know what I mean? They're dropping 50, 60 bucks a day, you know, doing it. They might spend a grand and make 10 grand. So they made 20 sales in, you know, their first month. So they made an extra 10 grand. That's awesome. But like, they, you know, 20 more people, they had a hundred people in their gym. They had, they had 10% churn, let's say, assuming that means they, they only added 10 to their EFT. Right. And so it's, 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 it's an execution thing. And then how much money some people are willing to spend. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a cash machine. So it's like, if you can put $1 in and get $10 out, how many dollars do you want to put on the $1 side? As many as you can. But some people yeah. still don't think this way in the beginning. So I had a conversation, uh, Craig Patterson, owner of uh, Mad Labs. They're a consulting group out of Vancouver. They're original OGs in the CrossFit scene. I mean, and we're bullshitting. And again, he's another, their big proponent thing is, is again, a, a very PT first model. Where, and again, do you guys, it, where is the ad play for instead of the duration, whatever, or is it just the, the, the juice isn't worth the squeeze to go with the higher ticket? Like, again, let's say I'm like, hey, Alex, I want um, a landing page and a sales acquisition system for personal training only. What have you experimented on what that end and, and what does that look like? We already have that. We already have that. That's what, it's just I mean, that's, gym lords. It's a, that's just on the ascension, the higher end. 100%. Like the lowest ticket that you sell there is $2,500 up to 45. But I don't really, I don't say I don't believe in PT. Um, I think it's, it's, it's better as a retention system for employees more so than a revenue generator because the margins aren't really like what I would like. Cause on, if I'm going to sell services, I want to have 80% plus margins on the actual service itself that I'm selling. Um, because there's obviously other overhead, you know, in the gym besides the actual fulfillment of the service. Actually, most of the overhead is not. So if you're looking at that and you're talking on that model, we're talking 80% margin on a service, leaving 20% for uncle Sam overhead. And then are you building no, in uncle Sam no, overhead no, into I'm the saying, I'm just saying, if you took, let's say, if you say you're making $10,000 a month on your, on your boot camp and you have 100 yep. sessions, right, and you're doing $20 a session, you're getting $80 on the actual service, Got it. Not, not for the rest of the business. I, I'd be full of shit if that suits me. I, yeah. I, you know, that's, okay, good. That's why I just want to, I want to double check and make sure. But so no, for your thing, then... The, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So on the PT side, you're just saying that on there... For most guys, even at that higher level, are they running with that PT model or are they still going with duration? We run semis. Got it. So I believe in, I like one on four um, better than one on one because you can sell one on four for the same price. You have almost the exact same lifetime value, retention, all the benefits of having, because one on four is max, which means that the real, like reality is not all the sessions are going to be one on four. A lot of times someone doesn't show up, they switch sessions, blah, 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 blah. So you might have one on three, one on two, some of the sessions, but one on four max. The retention of those people is the same as PT customers, and you can still sell the sessions at 60 bucks a session. And so, and so semi is just the, another name for a higher price group, right? Yeah. Like li- you know, super limited, high coach to athlete ratio, higher price group kind of scenario. And you get way better margins there. Gotcha. Because I can still pay 20 bucks for the session and then make 250, make 230 off that and then have great margins. So one of the things like I sit down and I, and some of the people I've talked to have done gym launch. And I've even got clients of mine, Kevin Stitch um, in Kentucky, Lexington, Kentucky. Um, they running, uh, I think he just started recently with you guys. And okay. yeah, so if one of these things is, okay, someone comes in and it's, let's say it's five, 600 bucks, you know, small ticket offer for your six week challenge. And then 
allowing them to split like I, I can't afford five or six hundred, allowing them to split the payment in two fifty kind of scenario. Sure. What are the you know, with from a lead quality again in, in marketing, you know, and tell me if you believe this, you can't have extreme quantity with extreme quality. You have to sacrifice on both ends of the spectrum. The odds of converting somebody, and this is again another thing we hear in these crossing forums, is okay, someone comes in, it's six hundred bucks, but the you know, I'm having to split payments with every single person because two fifty and even that's a stretch. How are they ever gonna afford my gym membership that's two hundred dollars a month if right now coming up with two fifty is a difficult piece kind of scenario? That's a sales issue most times. It's I I was like everyone has money. Um they just don't want to give it to you. So um usually that's a sales issue and so like the way that we dealt with that, like when we were doing our, our sales, like done for you sales, I just told them they couldn't do it. There were no payment plans, so they wouldn't get commissions. And then all of a sudden, everyone some, somehow was able to keep almost the exact same close rate, except it's just when it has an option. And so I tell that to gym owners in the beginning because like a lot of times the gyms that we're dealing with are coming from an absolute scarcity, right? So like they're, they're broke AF, right? And so like when someone's like, I can't have four or $500, they're like, homie, I feel you. I can't afford $500 either, right? But um, and so like that person can feel the scarcity and other persons are like, dude, you can break it up. It's fine. Right. Cause they're just, just barely, they're just like, please, 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 you know, please buy it. Right. But when you have it, it's like our most experienced guys, a lot of guys don't even do them, you know? So a lot of that comes down to sales and as much as you might not want to believe that, not you, but like anyone. Yes. And then the second piece is when you said quantity and quality, right? So if we're getting tons of people in the door, right. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're signing that the people. So if you have a hundred people walk in you're going to remember the, the 10 people who looked homeless, right? But the 50 or 60 or 70 or whatever who signed up, they're ones who drop money. You know what I mean? Like they're the nurses and the doctors, not the doctors, but like they're the nurses and the school teachers and the, the guy who works at the construction, whatever, right? There's normal people who have enough money to do it. And like how many people have enough money to spend $200 a month? Virtually everyone, right? If it's a priority. So on that fitness sales things, what do you find is the best scenarios for fitness training? So if I'm a gym owner and I'm inside and I'm listening to this, and the one thing I take away, I'm like, all right, sales is something I need to spend more time on, not my mobility or my ability to coach the snatch or anything like that. What are the in-house, what sales training scenarios? Is it role-playing? Like I, I have my guys, and again, this might be an ethical thing. Put it on air, take your phone, put it on airplane mode, put it in the office before the consultation, put it on voice record and sit there and then send me the audio file of all the shit you said. And I can sit there and pinpoint, Hey, Johnny, you said the word, um, 38 times in the first five minutes. You sound like you don't sound that confident what the, you know, what you're talking about. What do yeah. you recommend from a sales training perspective to gym owners who are trying to, um, level up their staff that is going to be doing consultations and sales who, who aren't in gym launch, right? Yeah, yeah, anyone listening. Okay. <laughs> I was like, because if you're in gym, I'm like, just go through the sales training. <laughs> um, so it's, the thing is, is they need to have ideal scene. And that's the, and that's, I think, one of, because like, if you don't know what you're doing wrong, it's hard to fix it, right? You're like, I, I'm saying all the things that the guys are saying. Um, and there's, there's a certain amount of value in watching someone who's really, really good at selling sell. Because you'll, you'll notice so many different um, details. And so some people are more visual, some more audio, some people just take it, like everyone learns differently. But when you have that, it kind of gives a huge encompassing of like, I'm saying these words, but look where it is in the script, right? And I'm hearing the response in real time. So you can really create like amazing scripts that way. And then you can create a really repeatable process. But the main thing is you have to have ideal scenes. So um, I'll give you a little, a little uh, nugget that we have. We call it the closer formula, but basically um, closer, it's an acronym. Uh, so C-L-O-S-E-R. So first thing you want to do when someone walks in the door, see, clarify where they're there, right? Why'd you walk in the door? Why are you here, right? Oh, I saw a promotion. Okay. So what made you, like, you just, like, responding to promotions or, like, is it something you want to do? Oh, I'm trying to lose weight. Okay, cool. So now the second thing we do, L, label them. Label them with a problem. So it's like, okay, so you just told me this, so you're trying to lose weight. Yes? Okay, cool. So you won't be upset with me if, you know, six weeks from now you're going to be 20-something pounds of lighter, right? No, you won't be upset. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, cool. Same joke. Every single time, right? Because it works. And then after that, you're going to put, oh, so you're going to overview their pain. So overview the past things they've done, go through all the stuff that they've tried and why they failed, right? Blah, blah, blah. S. Now you're going to take all the stuff that they just said, and then you're going to sell them on the reason that those things didn't work and why is yours will, right? And usually it's because they're missing components. They're like, I tried the shake weight. It didn't work. We're like, well, why, you know, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you know, sit back, so identify accountability, this, that, whatever it is that you're going to yeah. be able to bring to the table. Exactly. Right. And then E, explain away their concerns. And then R, reinforce the sale once they've made the decision. So that's that's what we walk them through. So it's like clarify where they're there, label them with the problem, overview their past pain, and then you sell them the difference between what they did and failed on and why we like why they'll succeed this time, 
right? Explain away the, uh, should I start tomorrow? I'm not really sure, blah, blah, explain away their concerns and then reinforce the buying decision after they do it, which is like get excited, get them pumped up, and then a follow-up sequence before they actually show up for the first session, getting them excited and reinforcing it. And I think a lot of people, they hear this, they hear again, and I talk to my guys about this fucking script, and it, it's not, I don't want you to sound like a robot, like our bullshit meters are so high. Have you ever had anybody call you on the phone trying to pitch you something you know they're reading from a script and it just, it sounds forced kind of scenario, but when you're on the phone, you know, what is it, 90% of communication is nonverbal. So especially phone, things like that, where, you know, all you have are your damn words now to go off of the only yeah. thing versus when you get somebody in and now you can have body language, things like that. You know, you know, things, someone sits in and they're sitting across from me with their arms folded. My number one thing is get them. I reach across and I get them at some point to high five and we high five at some point because we laughed or we bonded on some piece. I promise oh. you they don't go back to the folded closed arm scenario, you know, <laughs> little, you know, body image you know, or body language kind of scenarios like that. But sales, I think is one of the things. And again, for anyone listening, you know, it, I, I, I try to bring people on and ask the questions that uh, I think are relative and people are talking about. And I'm, you know, uh, I've literally had, we've, I've done this twice now with Alex. Beyond that, we've really had <laughs> never met you ever. I've spoken with your wife over the Facebook telephone um, the one time. But I, you know, for the guys out there, if you take away one thing. I don't care if you do gym launch, if you don't. If you take one thing away from one thing that this conversation is saying, Sales needs to be as readily in your pocket to pull out from a skill set that's something you own. If I were to ask a gym owner, give me the 10 things you're the best at the gym at, and sales is not one of those 10 things, it's probably going to revolve around tech, you know, technical stuff, coaching, um, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, I get, I'm, you know, myofascial release, all that stuff, nutrition. <laughs> but then you, you just won't hear the sales aspect to it. And the one thing ever, and I've said this on my previous podcast with this, this stuff, a six-week challenge, love it or hate it. Any gym owner that goes through, like even the guys that I'm on board, I'm like, oh, cool. He's on gym launch. Like, yeah, I'm like, cool. I know you've gone through fucking sales boot camp probably. Anyone at gym builder, gym rev, I don't care. Tommy Hackenbrook's new you challenge. If you've done a, a, a six-week challenge, I know you've gone through a bunch of interviews, a bunch of sit-downs. You have a much better idea of how to follow up with a lead or you have some framework for it than the other guy. And I honestly, right now, if I were to sit down and think about the thing that's going to differentiate people that have a gym now and the people that have a gym five or 10 years from now. It's the ability to storytell and then sell that, but simply that be able to sell your services to somebody, whether you're tricking on the corner, you work at Denny's or you own a gym, you're selling something, you know? Um, yeah, go, go ahead, man. <laughs> no, Perry Belcher, if you guys know who he is, he's another OG marketer. Um, he works at digital marketer, but, uh, or he's one of the owners, but, um, he, he just likes to give the example, like, do you think that McDonald's has the best burger in the world? I'll be like, no, of course not, but they have the best hamburger selling system in the world. Right. And so like if you want to like if you want to scale your impact. Right. So like for the like we've you know, we've grown our company like I started this in April. Right. And so we have 700 gyms who've come on board with us since April. So it's been like nine months. Right. And the reason we're able to do that is because we have profitable acquisition systems. And the reason that we have so many evangelists, you know, for us is because we really try and like over deliver like the rest of the business stuff has to be there, too. Right. Like we still have amazing customer service. Like we have a full time, like red blooded American support team. Like the biggest division in our in our business <laughs> is is customer service because we got to teach people how to put pixels on and how to run, uh, you know, how, how to have automated lead nurture and how to have a scheduler set up and like how to set up reminder sequences and all that stuff. We have to teach them because we want to, we want you to fish for yourself. And that's kind of the big difference is like I'm, I'm a huge like I'm very, very against the agencies. Um, in general, because I don't think anyone will care as much about your business as you will. And if you don't know how to market and how to sell, um, it's, I don't want to say your days are numbered, but unless you're absolutely the best in, in the nation slash like actually the best, not what you're like, no, we're definitely the best. Like if you were, you'd already be full. I'll be real with you. If you were actually the best, you'd already be full. And so if you can be real with yourself and be like, okay, maybe I'm not the best or maybe you're not, my trainers are not amazing. They're just good. But good is what like everyone is right? Everyone thinks they're amazing. And so you need to have other things. You need to have other skills in your tool belt that can make up for the fact. And, and in the meantime, have cash flow so you can pay rent and pay your bills and pay your trainers on time. And so what this does is it allows you to have a cash flow machine um, while you learn to become a better business owner, right? Because like, you're not going to overnight have, like right now we had our last event. So in six months I took, we had uh, the first event we had was um, in August and we had 28 gyms that were in gym lords at that time. Cause we had, I mean, I just, I just started legacy. Right. Um, and of those 28, seven of them have now hit seven figure run rates. They're doing 83 K plus per month. Okay. 
but that it's like you don't you don't do that overnight like it took it still took six months of layering on these systems and like getting their their team trained up and what that does is though is it allows them to have mess up room because when you have cash flow you can make mistakes when you don't have cash flow you can't make mistakes because then you're done you're burnt like you're you're right against the rubber the fumes or whatever you want to call it and so this just allows people to like if you're not a great marketer cool we'll give you an acquisition system that's so freaking profitable that even if you close one out of four you'll still make money so let me ask you this if you were to like stand on that say that whole sales thing um, and I know you read a lot. Um, is that right? You read a lot? Yeah. You're a reader? you like, okay. Um, I do I do courses, too. I okay. If you had to recommend from a sale, because, again, I would put this as the number one thing. If I had to give uh, any gym owner a recommendation, it'd be learn to sell better, number one. What would you – any books – what would you recommend from a sales perspective? If someone listening to this wanted to level up their sales, what would they – what's something they could read, they could do, anything? Like over the weekend, they can level up their knowledge and e-course yeah. anything. I know where you're, I know where you're where you're asking here. Um, have you heard of the thing in the military? Is uh, is it um, no plan survives first contact with the enemy? Heard of that? That's no. Um, but basically, it's like every plan like vanishes the moment like you actually deal with the enemy, right? So like you can have as much preparation in the world, um, but ultimately to get better at selling, you gotta sell. Yeah, everyone has got plans to get punched in the face. Like I think that's Ali or something. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mike Tyson. I don't know whoever it was. Yeah, whoever. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing though. You know, um, it's like at the end of the day, like if you're really walking through that process, um, because part of me is like, dude, just buy too much. Like I'll teach you how to sell better than anyone. But like, like you walk through that process, clarify why they're there, label them. You know, like and then you go through the go through their problems and then explain why you know yours is different, then get rid of their concerns and then reinforce the sale. Like that's what you're gonna. That's the framework, right? That's what virtually every sales conversation is. But the, what what will will differentiate you is just your ability to execute and how do you get good at it? I did four thousand of these. Like it's not like if you saw my first hundred, they'd be probably pretty crappy. You know, it's just that's yeah. that's. That's, Again, yeah. for the CrossFit audience that's listening, it's like the first time you probably learned to try to snatch, you look yeah. like a fucking moron. You like it look it was just ridiculous. And now, yeah. how many reps and how much time and energy do you put into your snatch? Sales mm -hmm. is the same. Like, we could do that on every system, every aspect yeah. of the business. I just like sales because I think that's the one that most, in my experience, they have the hardest time with, whether from ethics or experience or or know how, whatever it may be. Um, Can I go yeah. parallel with that? You may. So with the like with the course in the book, it's like reading a book on the snatch, right? Like, sure, it's like it'll give you an idea what's about to happen, but until you get under the bar and then you record yourself and then you look at what you did, it, you, like the 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 level of improvement that you'll get is really nominal. Like somebody, some guy could get, could go through every single certification, Grant Cardone, you could go through, uh, you know, Stuman's got his stuff. Like, there's all these, you know, all the different sales experts that are out there, right? I would take the guy who's actually done 200 sales at LA Fitness over any guy who's all the certifications in the world because he's never even seen the world yet. So it's the same, like, how prepared are you? Like, dude, you'll, you'll learn more just by getting in with an idea and trying to leave with a credit card. Like, yeah. And you'll get better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, you, it's one thing to read directions, how to go somewhere. It's another thing to actually fucking drive there, right? I mean, it's actually like, it's, it's all doing kind of scenario. Um, and with most gym owners and everyone, this, for a lot of gym owners, it's their first business, their first swing at it. Again, six months ago, they were clients at another gym. And now, whoop, they flipped, tripped, and fell into a weekend course. And now they got a brick and mortar and a lease and a rent and shit's real. And now they're trying to figure out how to sell their stuff. And um, anywho, yeah, to, to go in and close up on all this, you know, Alex, I appreciate you coming on again for the second time I was having this conversation. Again, I know for a lot of guys, they're sitting there and they're like, fuck this gym launch thing. And you've got your evangelist. And you've got guys that are for it. Um, yeah. The one thing I'm going to say, and again, I've got, and so everyone realizes, I've got, I've never gone through gym launch. I have no skin in the game in this whole thing. The one thing I can say, whether you like Alex or not, I don't think the dude is dumb. And I don't think, like, like a lot of people in gym owners, I don't think he's, I don't think he's bullshit. I don't think he's bullshit. I think you believe in what you sell. Like one thing I believe, if you're going to sell anything, whether you're fucking selling someone dog shit or not, believe in the dog shit. If you're selling dog shit, be, it's the best dog shit you've ever smelled, right? Whatever you're into. So if someone thinks your product's dog shit or not, the one thing I will say about you, you have a crazy conviction in it, and it is. It's very infectious. And I know, guys, I've got friends that own gyms. I, was, I think I was talking about like Steve down in Florida. Like, and he's, yeah. he's all bought in, and I know Steve. Steve's a good dude. And, you know, it, it, he's hard to sell. Yeah, I, I can believe so, yeah. He's a, he's a character. Um, 
But listen, man, I'm glad you came on. I appreciate it. I'm, I hope anyone listening to this kind of maybe got a little better idea on it so they can make their own decision on this whole thing. Um, if go ahead. I'm going to give something to, um, so I'll, I'll give you two links. Um, if you want to just check out some of the facilities that, you know, we've, we've worked with, just connect with the people who work with, like, don't believe me, believe them. Uh, just go to alexsgroup.com. Um, and it'll reroute you to the, uh, Facebook group. Uh, if you want to just connect with people there, it's called like high ticket, high volume sales secret, something like that. Um, and you can, you can connect with, you can just go in there and be like, Hey, I heard, I heard this guy on, you know, WTF gym talk. And, um, I just, is, is, is he, is he totally full of crap? You know what I mean? And then just, just talk to people. Um, and then if you're like, Hey, I would love to see how many different gyms you've done. Um, if you want to see what 200 testimonials of people who've made, you know, 30, 40 K in their first month with us working <laughs> looks like just go to, I don't hate money.com. Um, only go there if you don't hate money and, uh, and hate helping people. Um, but you can check out, um, and maybe you'll, you'll know some of the gym owners who are on there. Good deal, man. I appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Dude. Hey, honored awesome. to have you. And, uh, for everybody who's listening, uh, Stuart's a good guy and he, he knows what he's talking about. So, uh, listen to him and we're, I, I thank you for taking the time and giving us your attention. Okay. Very good.